Welcome back to the Toy Lines Podcast. This is Ian Westhoff, and with me as always is... Tom Romero. How you doing, Tom? Oh, surviving. Surviving. I just got through a crazy surgery, so I'm on crutches. At least I'm home. I get to play with my toys and That's come good. up with things to talk about. <laughs> That's right. That's nice. How are you? I am all right. I went to the uh, zoo yesterday. Yeah, the Bronx Zoo. Uh, good weather. Saw some gorilla dookie, so that was pretty interesting. I swear it was, man. It was just clinging to this rock. But uh, <laughs> I took a picture of it. My wife was like, why are you taking a picture of that? I'm like, why wouldn't you take a picture of this? But uh, yeah, this zoo, uh, it was nice. Good day. Good weather for it. And I was recently invited to participate in the Wizard Guide to Podcast. That not, was pretty fun. Not a uh, affiliate with Wizard Magazine, correct? No, no, no. They're just yeah. a bunch of fans that love the magazine. It was a great show. Got to talk comics. I don't really get to do that much here. Talked about a failed show, Wonder Woman and the Star Riders, which just a sheer ripoff, really. So when is that airing? November. Okay. Yeah, I'll let you guys know. I recently watched Batman Death in the Family. It's on DVD, Blu-ray, and on digital. However, if you purchase the digital copy, you will not have the interaction aspect of it. So basically, Batman Death in the Family is like a choose-your-own-adventure book. Right. Alternate ending, too, by the way. Yeah, there's like six of them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I just saw one. Um, everything, everything leads to something different. So, like I said, I have plenty of time to kill, so I went through all of them. Some of them are good, just like in the book. Some of them are bad. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't too crazy about some, some of the endings. Other endings were pretty interesting. Very short. How long was it? Really quick. I'm going to say, depending on how fast you pick, because there is a timer. Yeah, maybe... I have to double check, but maybe you get like a straight half hour. I guess they figure with... Then you're going to go back and watch it and, and pick differently. Exactly. But you get two hours out of it, maybe? It was it was good. Definitely, if you're a fan, definitely worth the time and effort. Right. However... There were some plot points I think were missing. I know it was like they made a bunch of shorts out of it, but I didn't like the fact that they got rid of the Jason's mother plot line. All right. You know, they kept adding like other stuff that has to do with Batman. Right. Like there was a lot of Damien, a lot of Talia, excuse me, Talia Al Ghul. That's ridiculous. They should have just kept it like the comic. Yeah, here's what I'm thinking. If they're smart, they'll redo they'll redo it like they did the death of Superman, but they'll do it properly, like actually, not loosely base it on the book, you know. Because mm -hmm. if they based it on the book, that'd be a great movie. Mm -hmm. And speaking of great movies, like I know we brought this up again, but there are a ton of animated movies that I would love to see based on comic book storyline. We've seen some. Some are good, some are not. But I, I really wish Disney would take the hint and say, hey, you know what? This is what DC's doing. You know, they're a little bit more mature, but I think we can get away with it. 
I mean, I know Disney's all into their Disney Junior and and those kid friendly stuff, but right. But you know, I, I would like to see something else, maybe on Disney Plus, that yeah. are a little bit geared for us. Like, I don't want to see everything connected to a movie. Yeah, yeah. like the What If series. Starting on my list, I would love to see a Craven the Hunter versus Spider Man. Yeah. I would love to see that in animated form. Bring back Barnes as Peter Parker's voice. Nice. And from Eric, from Little Mermaid. I love that scene of, of Spider-Man just crawling out of his tomb or his, uh, grave. his grave. Yeah. I mean, if we could see that animated, that's the price of admission right there. Just that beautiful, that scene. It's my only Batman I chose. However, it's my favorite Batman story of all time. It's a... Uh, my my cousin gave me the trade to read. So one day I, I asked him if he had anything good to read, and he's like, "Read this, uh, Batman: The Court of Owls, and don't change anything. Don't don't add to it, and try not to take away from it. It's all there. Just animate it. I think that would be a really great, really really great comic, as well as of a live action." But uh, uh, animated uh, a cartoon as well as live, live action animation, you can get away with doing more of the stuff that happens in it. Um, but yeah, I would love to see Batman Court of Owls. I would love to see Superman for all seasons. I even brought it up at the Wizard podcast. I was like, why is there no love? And both of the hosts agreed with me. The one host, uh, Michael, he was, you know, they were both cool. He was like, yeah, that's the only DC book DC refuses to give love to. There's no absolute edition. They just came out with this Man of Tomorrow animated. Don't know why. Uh, I saw it. I just, I think it was just a, an excuse to bring Lobo into it, personally. I mean, this has so much potential animation-wise. This is a different take on what's already been established. As far as the animation, as far as the the actual art, yeah, I, you would have to get somebody like Bruce Tim involved, who you know, who's for what he did for Batman, he would be able to do for this, you know, like if he has that kind of clout, because DC's they shouldn't even call themselves a comic company anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty sad. And if they can get Jeff Loeb to do the script, yeah, yeah, I mean that. If you're a Superman fan, this would be a dream come true. Uh, this is not out yet, but I, I, I don't see why this should not be animated. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. I think I think it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. Um, Turtles have been animated for how many years? I think it's gonna happen. Person, well, I don't know if I think it's gonna happen. Um, it could happen. But I don't see why this would not be animated. I think if this book sells the way it's going, um, The Last Ronin would be huge. Uh, it would kind of be like um, a, a more mature themed Turtles thing. Um, and that's cool, you know. They just, I don't know how violent it's going to be, but it's got, it's, so far, it's got, it's got the potential for, with all the hype and, and, you know, leading up to it, all, all the, all the, um, razzle-dazzle, so to speak, of, about it. Yeah, I would, again, I would love to see a Mirage Turtles animated show or movie. Right. You know, just something that 
something that reflected like that first issue. I kind of feel like this would or, or will. I don't know, but it might. It might have that that feeling. I would like to see that bring back the old fans. You know, just like the, not a hardcore turtle person, but like someone so, that just got interested. You know, that remembered the original show, and now here's a different take. But at the same time, if they're not a hardcore turtles fan, maybe they might get turned off by it. So, or they might be like. You know, because if they watched it as a kid and they watched the kids, ver- you know, when what was what if they watched it as a kid and they watched that now, they might be like, this is so goofy. But if they watch then if they watch this one, they would be like, whoa, turtles grown up, you know, and yeah, chase change. So it could work. <clears throat> it could go either way. Time will tell on that one. And then I would like to see the armor wars from Iron Man done properly. And maybe I was hoping when they announced the what if show that there's an issue of I think it was like volume two or three of what if. And it said, uh, what if Tony Stark lost the armor wars? Mm-hmm. Great story. Great story. You know, they throw him out of the uh, Avengers again. And, you know, Tony actually goes into hiding because everybody's looking for him for what he did. I think that'd be it. Excellent, excellent. You know, get Bob Layton on the script. I think that'd be an excellent movie. I would say uh, another one. The comic book version of the Rocketeer. Uh, maybe an anime form. Maybe not so much. More along the lines of like maybe what Kevin Smith's doing with He-Man. Like anime style action. I don't know if drawn that way or not, but I, would, I could see that. That's the only way you're going to get a faithful comic adaption for the fans who really like the comic. So I think that would do well. Somebody like dark horse or, you know, would put it out or promote it or something, but I I can see that doing well. I have two left. These are kind of interesting because they're both from DC. I'd like to see the green lantern parallax story Mm -hmm. where Hal loses it. And he just starts getting rings left and right. And he blows up. Central City. Yeah. I believe I believe it was Central City. And then they can actually lead that into Blackest Night with the Death Lantern and you know all the other lanterns like Indigo, Orange Lantern, the Red Lanterns. I mean you, you saw them briefly on the on the Green Lantern show, hmm. but this would be a great movie to adapt. I got two more myself one is is a tough one because the nature of the of this book is tough to deal with but i would say mouse um by art spiegelman i you would have to leave it as drawn they would have to animate it as it was in the book which was um the jewish people were mice the nazis were cats and the american soldiers were dogs if i have it correctly is that correct and yeah, honestly, I think this is something that somebody should really animate and could be used in um, high school history classes. Uh, you know, about your father surviving a concentration camp. I mean, you could read Man's Search for Meaning, which is a great book. 
but somebody who did survive the concentration camp. And you can read this and you're going to learn things that you've never learned before. And it's in, an, in a, such a different medium as a comic. And then as a cartoon, I really think, um, you know, just it, it, it's just something that should be brought to a high schooler's attention. And then my last one. So Disney's been very successful with their reboot of uh, um, DuckTales. I would love to see um, an animated film. You, you can even put it under the DuckTales banner of the life and times of Scrooge McDuck, uh, which is Don Rose's book. It's all about how Scrooge becomes the millionaire or whatever amount of money he has, the richest duck in Duckburg. Um, the comic, it's uh, or the comic or the trade itself. Uh, Dunn Roser took every little bit of information that Carl Barks, who created Uncle Scrooge, mentioned and, and said, you know, I, I did this for a while. I did that for a while to make money. And, and he makes a comic out of it. it makes a whole story. There's so many Duck fans around the world. Uh, this thing would just... And again, don't change it. It's written. To, just take the comic and animate it. Don't don't mess with it. Just do it right, guys. Uh, I, I I think this thing would be huge, and I would I would I would say yeah, put it on the Ducktales banner because like Ducktales and the Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck, and it could focus just more on Scrooge because while the show focuses on all the characters, you know, let's learn a bit more about Uncle Scrooge. You know, he's he's an interesting character. Um, I would love, love to see that. Yeah, Disney, so chop, chop on some of that good stuff. Now, get this. Apparently, there's four months left for movie theaters because that's about how much money they have left to keep the lights on. And then Disney just had a recent meeting where they're saying now that they want to put Black Widow just straight to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I saw that. I mean... They'd be wise to to recoup their interests, you know, all the money they spent. Um, and I get it. This is a tough time for theaters. Um, I mean, Ghostbusters should have been out right about now. Um, I would love to see Ghostbusters. I think if that went to video or stream, whatever, that, that'll make the money back. But um, the exception of drive-ins, I think right now in Jersey, there's a few open movie theaters but I'm not 100% sure. And I, I, honestly, I don't even know what's playing in these theaters or what, what the you know the deal is when you go, you know, concession, no concession, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the theaters out here are being rented for $100. Depending on how many seats, you're allowed up to 10 people. And then the big movie I heard a lot of people are using it for is Empire Strikes Back because of the anniversary. What they should really do is like to try to do something along those lines. Do the original, do the six or nine, whatever Star Wars movies, and and, and um, re-release them in theaters to try to help theaters. Well, that, I think yeah, I think they tried doing that, especially with uh, Empire. Mm-hmm. But I don't think yeah, no one. I mean, very few people went. This could be. I don't think it'll be the end of theaters. I think. Some are going to shut down. I think that's regardless. I think, though, 
they're going to start popping up eventually. There was a theater where I grew up. It was there since like my dad was a kid. It, it, it was, it was designed by a very famous architect. He did theaters throughout the country. I uh, did one in Tampa and he had a very, a lot of art deco styling. They, uh, it was a one originally a one uh, screen theater. They broke it up to make it three or four in the eighties. It was redone. Um, they, they re, uh, they refurbished it back to the original. They found like this old mural that he painted. And, um, but anyway, for a point, this theater was selling tickets for 99 cents and it drew people in. I think theaters might start like that. You know, there might be some theaters that'll do like that. Maybe some art house theaters or, you know, they'll just maybe play old movies, like not just like old black and whites, but like maybe, you know, Star Wars or Raiders or just something to try to pull people in. Uh, but I'm thinking this is going to be like down the line, you know, when, when things are more settled and maybe there's um the vaccine and all that kind of stuff. Go to the mall and you have people, there's three people, there's, to people who don't give a, give a, a darn and they're not wearing any a mask either and they're not wearing it or not wearing it properly. You got the people who are wearing it and doing like you're supposed to do. Then you get the people who are like overly wearing it and pointing people out if they're not. So I think all this is going to need to calm down before that'll happen. Only time will tell though. Yeah, we're living in a different world now. I am curious to see who survives this. Businesses? Well, yeah, like what movie theaters will, uh, I, will actually survive through this? You know, they might get bought out. Some might buy each other out. Um, like, you remember when you were a kid, your your town had a local theater. Like, I don't know about your town, but like my town did and the town next to us did. They may have only had one screen, but, uh, you know, it was a common thing to have like a movie theater in your town. Um, and a lot of those have gone the way of the, the silent films. Um, you know, when those multiplexes started coming in, the older theaters started going out. And then, you know, like hey, one screen or here's a theater with, you know, 12 screens, and 24 screen, you know, and, and all that nonsense and arcades and this and that. And so... I think it's going to be like happen all over again. I think slowly they're going to come back, but it's going to take a while. And then, like you said, who's left will be whatever chain. I don't know, but I, I do think some will be bought out. And then John Favreau and Pedro Pascal has recently stated they're not ruling out the possibility of a Mandalorian movie. Which And, this is interesting in two things. One, because he's because of all the rumors about Pedro Pascal not wanting to wear the helmet and this and that, um, and just doing the voice. So is that all? And it's interesting that uh, about this because just recently we had all the rumors about Pedro Pascal kind of giving a hard time not wanting to wear the helmet on set, you know. And so was that just? Was that not true or is, you know, or unless maybe they came to terms and worked something better out. Um, the Mandalor- but I mean, why would you want to make a, it's going to be on Disney plus. 
even if they did make a movie. I'm afraid it's just like, what can you do on a movie that you're not going to do on the show? Well, I mean, the show has a huge budget. Yeah, the show. You know? The show looks like a movie. Exactly. Disney didn't do that um, for many of their shows. So I'm talking even as far back as the 1950s, but like Walt Disney himself gave the Zorro TV show a movie budget for every episode. And that show went on for two seasons and then they were working on the third. They had four episodes filmed and they got in a, uh, a fight with ABC over who owned the rights to Zorro. They kept, um, so they stopped production. They kept Guy Williams who played Zorro on contract for like two years, paying him. Didn't act, but they paid him hoping to get the show back. And then finally the show got canceled those four episodes that were filmed released as a movie and then God Williams got lost in space, but like they're known for doing things, you know, like Walt Disney knew this show would be successful. They did it. The thing about the Mandalorian is it looks like a movie and that might be part of how, because how they film it in that, that, um, that almost like a theater where like the, the screen is constantly changing. But if your episodes, what they're a half hour, this movie going to be an hour and a half. It's, it's almost like as cool as it would be, isn't necessary. Right. Use the budget. If you're going to get it anyway, just make more episodes. Yeah, make another season. Um, you're right. It would have to go to Disney plus right now because. Yeah. It'll uh, never go theatrical. Yeah. And then, and then you have the whole thing of, well, if they make this movie, are they going to make, are they going to, put a price on it separately to see it. So like how they did with Mulan, which yeah, I, hope they, I hope they wouldn't, because that would be pretty low. I would just like seeing more Mon- Mando toys. Well, there's plenty coming out. It's just a matter of, you know, yeah. Speaking of Mando toys, let's talk about our favorite crowdfunding. Oh yeah. The Razor Crest, the Razor Crest, Possibly the second coolest ship in the Star Wars universe. Currently, as of this recording, we're at 11,527 collectors. They've announced the third stretch goal, which is four carbonite cells. Yes. So these are the based off of the four in the, in the show. Yep. Um, now, I, I'm totally thrilled for this thing. And I like looking into it. Every kind of almost like every day I check to see where it's at just for my my own personal wanting to see it, and we see this thing in the gray uh, prototype, kind of like the Gandalf the gray prototype. I want to see this. This is, this is not many people are going to get this reference if you've never read the book. I want to see this thing painted. I want to see this as the Saruman of the many colors from the Lord of the. It's a reference to Lord of the Rings, but I want to see this thing with color. I want to see this with like battle damage and scorch marks and you know chit paint i can't wait to see this thing colored yeah i'm sure once they get close enough to i mean maybe they're... not releasing it but once yeah. you know after november when it's finally shut down i'm sure they're going to show a color version eventually yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're working on it now but it's just a matter of you know getting enough done and speaking of star wars november 17th lego star wars holiday special I love the poster. Yeah, the little hand. 
to Luke from from your father. <laughs> like they're saying, uh, they're getting a lot of the original voice cast back. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You know what? I'm sure a lot of people said that in the 70s about the original. That is going to be great. The original actors were in it. But no, this is going to be, this will be good because they're, you got Favreau involved and. Uh, and it's uh, going to be a comedy. I yeah. mean, if you think about it, straight up comedy. Yeah, Lego so, does that kind of humor. Animaniacs finally airing the new season on Hulu November 20th. Yeah, have you seen the trailer? Spielberg, Jurassic it's, Park? Yeah. That's great. Uh, this I is mean, showing. they haven't skipped a beat. So no, I, I never thought this would happen. Like, I just just never entered my brain, like, bring the Animaniacs back. And pinky in the brain, but they're doing it. It's um, it's done, folks. It's on its way. Now's the time to release something like this. I mean, yeah, everybody's home. You know, yeah. it's got the nostalgia factor. People who grew up watching it, well, you know, whatever age you were when this came out, they're gonna want to watch it. And if they have kids, they're gonna want to show their kids. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, and, uh, I'm just so happy they're gonna spoof other shows. And oh, that's true. They'd be doing like modern stuff because most of it was in the nineties. And uh, you know, Jess Harnell, um, the great Jess Harnell, who does a uh, Wacko, um, and also in the band um, Rock Sugar. I can't wait to see him perform again. Um, Rob Rock Paulson. Sh- Rob Paul. Let me tell you something. He, Rob Paulson, put out a great book about um, his his ordeal that he had with throat cancer. Yeah. Um, wow. Just like a, he, they said we can we can we can cure you, but we don't know if you're gonna ever be able to do the voices again. And you know, obviously he is. And yeah, he um, proved him wrong. God bless. But to this day, like he, um, you know, like the side effects of of the treatment just like destroyed his throat, but he can still do the voices, and you know, um. It's a good book if anybody wants to read it. Uh, Rob Paul, I want to see it's like voice lessons or something like that, but Rob Paulson wrote it. And then we got Tress McNeil, of course, coming back as Dot, the Warner sister. The Nacelle Company on Netflix will be doing the movies that made us holiday edition. And it will cover Elf and Nightmare Before Christmas. And it will be available on Netflix December 1st. Elf is a good movie. Yeah. My wife loves that movie. She'll watch it every time it's on. And I I I can quote that movie and when he when he um Buddy the Elf Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? When he goes and he just like he's like, You're not Santa. That whole scene just cracks me up. <laughs> it's like uh thank God that don't make a sequel and just play it at Christmas time. That's all I'm asking. I don't ask for a lot, folks. Just <laughs> Don't ruin this. And then Dexter is coming back to Showtime for a 10-episode miniseries with star Michael C. Hall. Thank God, because I have only one friend that I know of that actually watched this show, and she hated the ending. It was a rough ending, I'll admit. He could have gone a different way, but you know, teasing a movie to all Dexter fans... So now we're getting a 10 episode miniseries, which is great. You know, especially, I mean, it would have been appropriate if they released it now for Halloween, but 
I'm just glad we're getting new stuff. So yeah, I'm looking forward to just October 28th, just so I can start singing three more days to Halloween. Silver Shamrock. That's a great segue into Mezco's the Mike Myers mega scale figure with Sam. Not that Mike Myers. He's going to be 15 inches tall. He's going to be 15 inches tall from Mezco Toys. Talking about Mezco, they had MezcoCon this weekend and they showed a whole bunch of cool stuff, actually. The Uh, Elvira doll. Mistress of the Dark. She's making a big comeback lately. She has a comic coming out from Dynamite. I think it's on Indiegogo. Mezco, uh, Mezco's also got this great, uh, I don't know if this is shown at the thing you're talking about, but it's a, uh, it's the one of the five point figures. It's a glow in the dark Frankenstein. It's 3.75 inches and dig the price $13 and 13 cents. Um, it's like thirteen, thirteen Mockingbird Lane. Um, it's a really cool figure though. Um, and kind of as greenish plastic that glows in the dark. But um, I gotta tell you, and I'm gonna touch on this later. Nobody can do these dolls right, but Super Seven. No, no offense, Mezco. Because uh, the Super 7 ones make me think of the Remco Universal Monsters from when I was a kid. And um, those were one of the, my favorite toys. They were right up there with like uh, Indian Star Wars. There were some good things. As I... Back, 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 to, uh, back to this. MescoCon. So they're also coming out with the Roto Plush Ghost Face. It's yeah. 18 inches. It's a plush doll. Looks very <laughs> cool. Looks like actually it looks like a puppet. It does. A little, or, a, or a very tiny person sitting in a suit watching TV. That popcorn bowl is almost bigger than him. Um, but yeah, you know, Scream that's making a comeback too, it seems, with the new movie and just more merch coming out. I never really thought of calling him Ghostface. I was just to think of that was a dude from Scream. But I guess yeah, yeah, I get that too. Like I the guess the first time the first time I saw Ghostface, what? it didn't have any scream reference on, on it. It was at um a Halloween store. Uh but yeah, so Scream I even got the black boots on, um the little flowing cape outfit he has on. So this should be interesting. And then from 112, I can't believe they this released looks, this. This looks, looks cool. awesome. Dr. Fate from the DC Universe. I'm going to just throw it out there. This is because of Dr. Strange. But this looks cool. And I'm going to say something. When I was a kid, my cousin had the superpower toys. And he had the Dr. Fate. And that figure always stood out. It just I think it was the coloring because it was blue and yellow. Blue suit, yellow cape. Got that cool looking helmet. And I guess he's DC's version of Doctor Strange. But this, when I saw this the other day, I was like, whoa, Doctor Fate. And he looks really cool. Um, it looks like he's got a fabric clothing um, posable. The way they took the shot, too, is nice because his eyes look like they're, they're glowing. Um, so this is really a sweet, to- sweet looking toy. 
Actually, it's a it's a great addition to Mezco 112 uh, line. If you're a big 112 guy, this is a great addition. And then also coming out from Mezco is Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, we saw this at Toy Fair last year. Yeah. So I, if you're a great horror collector, this is an awesome figure. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's a weird, it's a weird thing to collect. But my brother likes that movie. Uh, they're gonna do it right, you know. The one twelve. Oh, absolutely. I can only imagine. I wouldn't. What... I wouldn't be surprised if the chainsaw actually worked. Gas powered or just you know the blade spins. Right. <laughs> yeah, you got a like a medicine dropper of gas. Boop. You know. And... <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't be be surprised if the chain moved. A good point. Or oh, the the cord kind of pulls. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. But yeah, they when they go, they go all the way. These guys. They do. It's. Inc- I mean, the one twelve line is a. It's not stuff. only base for collectors, but I mean, it, it's a game changer. It's also good for stop motion. For anybody who does it, it's because uh, the you know the the articulation is just excellent. And yeah, exclusive- and then to round off. Uh, Mezco Con was the exclusive bodega box. Bursting with New York inspired swag to celebrate the fall convention season. So it, it does come with a ton of stuff. Is that a bat? I guess a baseball bat? Yeah. Um, and just a bunch of things. And it looks like uh, this nice little diorama, which is pretty cool. It seems more toys are coming that way with sort of like a background diorama, like the Mezco Batmobile, the Batman stuff. It's having the Batcave. Yeah, this one I, I particularly like because it reminds me of the uh, G1 Transformer Club. You would um, sign up for Hasbro, and uh, I forget, maybe I had to include a UPC symbol, but they would give you a cardboard box, and I'd I'm assuming it was supposed to be Teletran one, but they had an Autobot symbol in the in the middle, and it, it was it, I thought it was pretty cool as far as dioramas go back then. But right. that's exactly like the coloring and the, the the details and the artwork just reminds me of that Transformers Club diorama. Uh, so the Mezco exclusive bodega box is the Hazard Squad Commander Gomez comes packaged in the Hazard Squad Command Center which is a state-of-the-art science and weapons compound consisting of a communications and hazard watch control room the void chamber, a quantum dimensional laboratory, and a weapons armory. Build your own weapons rack with the included hooks that attach to the walls of the armory hook up boom boom to the communications console change out the view viewer screen on the multiverse monitor and get your next mission instructions in the void chamber. All this is included in the hazard squad command center. Um, so that's a lot. Yeah, it is. And it's, this is their mascot. Is, am I correct in saying that? Yep. So uh, any, any Mesco fans in general who likes this guy, I, I remember seeing the one of, of him as a samurai. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a Mezco fan and you're a big fan of the, uh, the, uh, the mascot, this is something you're going to want to get. Yeah, this is a great set. And then last Friday was 
Transformers Friday or Fan Friday from Hasbro Pulse. And they've been teasing this for a while. We've seen like blurred pictures, but they've officially announced the Studio Series 86 figures. Now, the first one is awesome. It's Grimlock with Wheelie. Wheelie doesn't transform, but he sits nicely onto Grimlock's back. And then following him is Jazz. Now, this is the most accurate cartoon version of Jazz I've seen. Even his masterpiece is a little bit skewed other than this one. So, That's and, and also, um, there is a difference, though, because Jazz usually has the number four. But they gave him the f- number 14 for, I guess, copyright reasons. Now, here's another cool one, is Cup. Now, here's the interesting thing about this Transformer. His parts come off. His legs, his arms, they can pop out, and you can have Hot Rod come back and reassemble him. Why? I don't, I don't get it. In Transformers of the movie, there was a scene where they crash land onto a planet, and... Um, cup gets ripped apart by uh, okay. right, and then you know, there's that cool scene where Hot Rod finds him in pieces, and Cup's like, Just fix me, He's like, right away, Cup. And you know, he gets to uh, you know, putting Cup back together, so that was pretty cool. Montage Blur, who was always a fan favorite. Now, I know it's difficult, but it would have been interesting to see him like do his blur thing in the background because all these boxes have some sort of diorama, you know, reflecting, reflecting the actual movie. Okay. So it would have been cool to see like maybe like some sort of weird effect on blur and his diorama. And then there's scourge. And then his diorama in the backgrounds when he becomes scourge. And then I believe that's two, yeah, two Insecticons in the background that are about to become uh, the sweeps. So most of them are all sold out, but apparently most of them will be back in December or Jan- or you know the latest January twenty twenty one. But wow. these are great, except um, I don't know why the the Hot Rod one is a little disappointing to me because I actually have a hot rod Rodimus prime masterpiece figure. Now he does come with the effects on this new version and, uh, the saw blade, but something about that masterpiece just trumps this, this one. You know, I don't know. It does. I mean, maybe it's the fact that he only transforms into hot rod, not Rodimus, even though he comes with a matrix of leadership, but uh, yeah, the masterpiece one just, just does it for me. This one, this one just like slightly comes in second. Plus I'm not a big fan of their feet either, but that's the great thing about toys. You know, that when there's more than one of a character, if you like this certain one, you know, you, and you have it that it's just like, you know, I don't need to get another one. I, this is my favorite version of it. Um, and that's pretty sweet, you know? 
And then Earthrise Transformers are coming out with target exclusives of Thrust and Runabout. They'll be available in this December, along with a Micron six-pack from Amazon. And then from the Vintage Collection, they're introducing the Headmasters, Brainstorm, Hardhead, Chrome Dome, and Decepticon Mindwipe. Hmm. And as a Hasbro Pulse exclusive, Optimus Prime as a My Little Pony. Which Tommy pre-ordered. You know um, what? At first I was a little judgmental, then I saw a girl, how much she loved these things. So I was like, hey, good for her, you now, know? Doing This is like the third one of the My Little Ponies. They did the Ghostbuster, or is this their second one? Remember, they, they did a Ghostbuster one. I know that, because we talked about it. Uh, I guess they're just going through the Hasbro line and, and you know, making my little pony versions of it but my little pony is not just huge with with the girls a lot of guys collect it um and this is a you know just like the ghostbuster one this is something that someone's going to collect uh if you're a completionist oh kind of get that ghostbuster pony um or if you're just a my little pony collector you're going to want you know because it's like a different type so it's um i guess it's kind of clever in a way yeah, it's a nice little you know piece here add to your collection, and yeah. it's an exclusive. So, and it's not it's not like a giant thing, so it's not going to take up too much space. Yeah, which, which I think every toy collector has that problem. Now, I don't know if we should mention this because it's already sold out within like the first forty seconds. Well, you could just say how it's you know that but, right there. The. Uh, but this is the uh, vintage Return of the Jedi Boba Fett action figure that was pre was pre ordered is now sold out instantly. Um, instantly is uh, which you know what Fett's getting some love because Man Mandalorian has been taking it from. Well, I think Fett never stopped getting love, but here I, I, here's what bugs me though: how fast these these pre orders are are yeah, selling out. Yeah. You know. I think I mean, um, the secondary was, market is just getting clogged and people are upset because they're paying, you know, outrageous prices. Um, I think fans are going to be more, well, not, probably not even at this point. I think fans are just like, just are digging Mandalorians now, you know, because Boba Fett's got the armor and the show is great. And, and you're just learning about, and there was Sabine in, um, uh, rebels and you know and clone wars had some but like you know it's a part of the star wars universe that we didn't really get to see much of so it's just like and boba fett's cool looking you know he might have died like a wimp but he's still cool well you know i don't know if he's dead or not now but you know the way he gets taken out by han is just like extremely lame i always hated that part but um it's a cool looking figure you know so uh you know, I don't blame people for for getting this. You know, especially if you're a Fett collector or any kind of Mandalorian fan. You know, you're gonna want this nice toy and a nice collection and a case. Sure. Uh, I just wish they make it more available. Yes, I do wish. Yeah, because you know, I, I don't. I'm not dealing with the second market. I I don't have two dimes as it is. 
So I'm not going to like, you know, mortgage something for uh, a toy that's, you know, that really shouldn't. I don't, I just don't like things like this because, and it's even like with the Razor Crest. It's like, you know, I would love to have that, but let's be honest. I, I just can't afford it. And um, I, I, I wish, you know, I wish I could get these. I, I, I wish they weren't uh, so limited, but um, you know, that's just, just part of, part of uh, collecting, I guess. You know, it's interesting that you brought up the Razor Crest because I remember when Snake Mountain came out from Super 7, they actually had a payment plan. See, that's cool. I like yeah, that. I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen Hasbro do anything similar. But with it's that not... being said, I'm sure they would get more people if they had that payment oh, plan. Oh, yeah. Instead of just giving it one. And, and the thing is, you know what? If... um. Just like any layaway plan, you, you don't make your payments, you don't get your toy. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, it's just like any other bill. You pay for your car every month or whatever, you make your toy payment. You pay for your, your Razor Crest payment. And, you know, you That's finish a pay- weird saying. Toy, pay- toy payment. Finish paying off your toy, you get your toy. You know, it's it's responsible. You know, that would be cool. Yeah. So uh, ho- hopefully that's something that's going to become um, a more uh, practical thing. Yeah. But you know, we'll live and learn. So this is from Tweeterhead, which I just don't like that name. Um, Hordax minion statue. So, Tommy, what am I? He looks like a bat, sort of. He is. He's based off the vintage bat that came with vintage Hordak. I just, I'm. He's supposed to come. Well, not supposed to come, but he's in addition to the Hordak statue that they released. Okay. Now, Tweeterhead just doesn't do it for me. I, I love Masters of the Universe, but they came out with some busts. I saw the their only decent-looking statue, in my opinion, is the Hordak one. I don't think... I mean, you know, they may hate me for saying this. I don't care, but I don't think you... You know, we need a minion, a bat minion for it. But the busts are just ugly. I mean, they made a Shiva one, and facially, it just it just looks off to me. Like it's got the you know her tiara, you know, her flowing blonde hair. But for some reason, it just it just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I I just think it's you know ugly, just flat out ugly. Yeah, this I I didn't know what this thing was when you first showed it. When you first put it, it looked actually it looks like the thing from Fright Night. Towards the end of the film, though. it does. I mean, it's a great looking bat, but like in and of itself, this like, is a cool piece. Separately, separate from the He Man universe, exactly. Something different. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's a cool piece, but I just I don't think you know we need a whole nother shelf yeah. space of a bat. You know. Yeah. What's your Batman? Um. So Highlander figures coming out. For those of you who are fans of the first movie and only the first movie, uh, if you've had this discussion before, please, I, w- I won't go into it. Um, this is pretty sweet. Um, a Connor McCloud five-inch figure, 12 points of articulation, and he comes with the katana, a uh, clear base, and 
the specific book from the movie, which was the metallurgical history of ancient sword making. Now the book, um, it's got a long name, but that was actually, um, that's such a plot point, but the detective who's on the case, the female cop wrote the book. So that's, I believe the reason why they included it with him. Uh, and then of course you get the Kurgan, one of the best, one of movies, best villains right there with Vader. He comes with a battle helmet, his broadsword, and a clear base. These are twenty nine ninety five each and come out the second quarter of 2021. So you Highlander fans out there, you can crank some queen and get these. And then the Funko Pop WandaVision figures, which pretty sweet is there are six at the moment, and three are in color, uh, and three are in black and white. The black and white is like the 1950s style, whereas the... Um, one of the colors is a 70s version of Wanda and the other two are a Halloween version of Vision and Wanda and they're dressed as uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch and I uh, guess what would be a cheesy attempt of their suits um, but I haven't seen the show so I couldn't tell you exactly but yeah the uh, the 50s I like the 50s one they look pretty cool yeah, the fifties are really nice. I especially like the vision one in the suit. Yeah, they really nailed the uh the black and white look. Yeah. Like look at uh Wanda, she looks like like I love Lucy. She just they, they really got that tone right of the color for for black and white, which is I, I think would be a tough thing to do for a toy. So that's pretty cool. Uh NECA is coming out with the nineteen eighty nine movie figures of Batman, the Penguin and then the Catwoman, which was uh, um, two years after 89, actually. Uh, Batman 89 is making a huge comeback lately with things. Um, Iron Studios is also making Batman 89 figures. It's a, a Minico statue of the Batman and the Joker. The bases are rooftops of the Gotham Cathedral. And what's interesting about these is their faces are like... To me, they almost had like this childlike quality to them, like a, like a not a cherub, but like the especially the Joker. He just has this like little childish look to him, in 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 a, in a good way. This is a compliment. Um, so that's kind of interesting. It's um, you know, if if you're a fan of the '89 movie, this is a good time to start, you know, collecting again, especially with uh, Michael Keaton coming back. And speaking of Batman, will Superman be in the new Batman movie? There's a lot of things going on right now, um, which I didn't expect. I thought this was going to be a standalone movie. But there is a photo of Superman on the set. Um, this was released on Twitter. And then there was an Easter egg of a poster, which is bringing um, the question of whether Mr. Freeze... And the Flash will be mentioned. The Flash's logo makes um, an appearance next to a poster, which for Gothcore, which is um, the company Victor Freeze worked for when he had the accident and became Mr. Freeze. So, uh, live action Static Shock movie in the works with Michael B. Jordan producing. 
I never watched the show, but um, I heard great things about it. I heard that, like that was a big thing in the '90s. Static Shock. Did you watch it, Tom? Yeah, uh, Static Shock was a great WB show for kids, right. and um, he was based off the Milestone comic created by Dwayne right. McDuffie. Right. And yeah, it was a great show. Uh, it fit right there with the WB universe, you know, um, with uh, Batman Beyond. Uh, mm-hmm. Batman the animated series, and then there was also, I believe, he cameoed or uh, either guest starred or cameoed in Justice League Unlimited, but he was much, you know, he was much older. Mm. So yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Static Shock was the breakout star of Milestone, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. And then uh, believe this, Buck Rogers is coming back with a reboot. But here's how they're trying to do it there it looks like they're throwing everything in into one basket they want to reboot the movie they want to create an animated series you know i wouldn't be surprised if there's a comic somewhere in there too and all this is coming from legendary pictures tweaky what the hell was yeah, his name yeah. okay oh yeah so i remember watching this as a kid i loved it i i, I said i have it on dvd actually wait no what's funny is um Buck Rogers, you know, sci-fi is pretty popular right now. You know, it, it could could do well, but it could be a wiser move to do one thing at a time. That's what I, that's how I feel. I mean, yeah, like we really don't need a reboot movie. You know, we I, I would like to see an animated show. You know, do things that or just a movie. You know, would be, animated. You know, of uh, you know, above budget. Hmm. Well, this actually speaking of sci-fi, I'm I'm kind of thrilled about this myself. Sequel of the Last Starfighter. Now, I, I th- is in pre is in production. Now, I think we mentioned we talked about this once before. Um, I love that movie. I think for its time, effects wise, I mean the makeup effects, excellent on uh, on the Alien. Um, it was one of the first movies to have CGI. Um, obviously, it'll look dated, not as dated as Tron, but. It looks cool. And just the whole concept of like playing the arcade and, you know, like. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think it needs a a sequel? Yes. I always thought I'm going to, and I'm going to say this to you. As a kid, I thought this movie was stupid. Uh, Our buddy Rich had the DVD and, and I borrowed it and I watched it and I was like, this is actually really good. And it's one of those things I, I wished I got into when I was younger. And I remember saying to him, this would make for like either a reboot or a sequel, especially with today's modern effects. You can do so much more. Because when you see the show, when you watch the movie, and you see the Starfighters, and there's, you know, there's only so many left. But you could tell like they sh- probably stretched their budget. You know? And I think if you do this, and from what I read is that it's going to take place with the characters and it's going to have like their children in it. Cause at the end, Alex goes to space with the girlfriend and um, his younger brother uh, stays with the machine to practice, to become a starfighter. I think this is actually a pretty cool idea. It's kind of like the same idea of like somebody having a son and, you know, you know, continuing, but this is how the movie left off too. When you think about it, the movie did leave off him going into space, taking the girl. So they probably had a kid out in space the little brother would be grown up 
it's I don't know, 20, 30 years later. It was 84 this movie came out. Um, and it's got Jonathan, I, I can't pronounce the last name, Patul, uh, which is the, one of the original writers working on it. Um, He's so, also one of the copyright holders. Yeah. So For I mean, like years, I mean, years, they were trying to make this uh, either a reboot or something. And he was like, it's not happening under my watch. As long as I own this property, we're not rebooting anything. So I'm actually, yeah. So I'm surprised he's actually interested in, in doing a sequel. But you know what? This is somebody who must have loved what he did and, um, you know, just held on to it and held on to it and it paid off because now is the time to do this. How it's going to be released, I don't know because of the whole movie theater situation, but what a great idea. And it's just, to be honest with you, it reminds me of when William Goldman bought back the rights of The Princess Bride when they originally tried to make the movie. They never got, you know, typical studio nonsense happened and he bought the rights back to the movie. He's like, you know, that was like his favorite, one of his favorite books he wrote. And he was like, I'm not letting this thing get messed up. So, um, yeah, last Starfighter. Um, and and this can spawn like so many things. Toys, finally. And, and I was just gonna say, I would kill for one of those spaceships. Yeah, and the ship was so cool. Toys and cartoons, and you know, it's just you know, you can, there's so much that could be done with this. So, you know, Godspeed, man. I, I can't wait. Uh, I I want to watch the movie now. That's it. I'm done, Tommy. I'm going to go watch it. You know what would be pretty cool? I'm not a big reaction guy, but I can totally see reaction figures. Yeah. And and if not, when the reboot comes out, before. And surprisingly, not yet. That's a good point because uh, this is an 80s classic, I would say. Um, It's the 80s made the best movies, mostly. Um, this is one of them, and uh, yeah, that's a good point. These would make great reaction figures. I love reaction figures. <laughs> uh, Tatiana Maslany is not She-Hulk. She denied reports of her casting. Um, yeah, she gave an interview. I, I so who's to it with Variety? And she said, "Yeah, everyone jumped on this, but it's not happening," according to her. Now. Maybe they don't have the paperwork, you know, finished a deal. That's possible. I mean, we have, I mean, this has happened in the past. Maybe they just threw her name out just to grow some recognition. But or just she'd be interested or, you know. Well, here's what bugs me. The fact that uh, the Incredible Hulk himself welcomed her to the family. Yeah, who is he? Who are you to the actor? And it's not like. Well, no, it was a nice, it was a nice gesture, I thought, but like he wouldn't have, you know, did he get fooled just like the rest of us? He jumps the gun. He always, you know, he leaks information. It's like, don't say anything until it's finalized. Don't say anything until you're allowed to, you know, like, and now you're just open to can of worms. So. I don't know. I'm just thinking, I mean, Mark Ruffalo's a big star, you know? I mean, if anyone would know, you know, he, he would be. I, but, no, you know what? Because, I, I mean, Matt Smith was supposed to be in The Last Jedi, but he he never showed. You know, Ruffalo, I was at a de- my dentist one time, and the lady was like, you remind me of somebody, some actor. 
And he, I'm like, oh, who? And she was like, oh, he's in that movie 13 going on 30. And I was like, Mark Ruffalo? The Hulk? And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> it's just like, lady, what are you talking about? Just give me my bill so I can go. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, the Last Ronin sold out of their initial run of 130,000 comics. It's now going into the second printing. And it's also going to include a retailer thank you variant. This comic is getting hyped. Um, I mean, to sell out that many issues is... 30 even for now? That seems a bit low. Oh, it does it really? Well, uh, I mean, wasn't 200,000 nowadays considered a hit? I mean, I could totally see this going to 200,000. But maybe they didn't expect... Um, maybe they thought, well, okay, we're just gonna mini series. We're only gonna print so many issues, you know, do the trade, blah blah blah. And I don't then, know. with Eastman, Eastman and Lard's name attached to it, I'm surprised yeah. IDW didn't make more. Yeah, well, yeah, unless it was all that that's the plan all along, you know. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't really know how they decide on the numbers for for the books, so. But maybe that is. I thought it was high, but maybe maybe you're right. I don't know. This disappointment. Yeah, DC Comics getting more stupid as we go by. I mean, didn't they learn from everything from Fifty Two? Um. Now they're coming out with DC Future State. They learned Fifty Two ways to ruin their industry, their 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 business. Uh, Uh, I yeah, I'm speechless. I mean. These aren't the characters I, I care about, you know, These are flat characters. out. I mean, this is if yeah. anything, I'm curious a little bit about Kingdom Come Superman. I'm but curious about nothing, honestly. Every, everybody else, I, I just, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, Red X looks interesting because I'm thinking he's either Dick Grayson or. Tim Drake. Think, oh, yeah, good point. I um, think this is my theory. I don't know. I got a lot of theories. I mean, DC, I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, like, like DC is just like first Batman was going to be its own movie. Now it's going to have all these other characters mixed into the universe. Then they're making like I don't know. I guess a bad verse where like Batman and you know Michael Keaton and. What's his face? Ben Affleck's going to be in it, and now they're doing this. Well, that's uh, Flashpoint. Yeah, yeah. I just think they're they're really trying to outdo Marvel. Now, Marvel took years to get to the point where they are, and they had a lot of bombs along the way. I think really their first successful movie was like Blade. When you really think about it, and then yeah, but that was an MCU movie. No, it wasn't. That's true. But it kind of got the ball rolling. And when you look at it now, the, I, I'm, and, and the rumors of the Spider-Verse movie, Tobey Maguire coming back and Andrew Garfield, you know what? I I like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I, I thought he, he brought something different to the character. Maguire, also. Tom Holland, also. I, I think Holland looks the best as Peter Parker. I think Garfield um, did a great Spider-Man. He, he in that movie they had him do 
and move. He, he was very awkward, which is kind of the way I liked about him. I uh, liked his interactions with Flash. Um, but I think the best one was Spider-Man 2 by Sam Raimi with Doc Ock. But if they're going to do this universe where possibly all three Spider-Mans are going to be combined and fight maybe a Sinister Six, there's also the rumors of these guys getting their own solo films again. So I don't know. Is this going to be the beginning of the boom of the comic movie franchise? Because it's getting a lot. You know, like it's like how do you keep up after a while seeing all the Marvel movies? You know, like I, I just stopped seeing them all because I couldn't go to the movies every time to see this one and that one and that one and that one and that one. Um, and I could be wrong. I probably am. But um, I don't know. That's my negative two cents. I don't know. I I, I wish I think, DC would do something like... I think comic-wise... I wouldn't they wouldn't... Yeah, I wish they wouldn't repeat the same mistakes. Yeah, learn from um, history. And then, no offense to Jim Lee, but he has so many better characters other than Grifter. I don't know why he tries to bring back Grifter and everything. You know, this is what I would love to do. I would love just to see Batman, and that's it. Cut your laws. Get get rid of everybody else. I don't know. I'm probably pissing off fans. Superman, like my sister, she's a Superman fan. But let's face it, Batman's cooler. Um, and just focus. No way. Oh, you know, you think Superman's cooler? Much cooler. Oh, Tommy, Tommy, you're such Batman. A Batman just. Everybody's like, "Oh, Batman!" I can relate to Batman. I was like, "Yeah, you have your parents. Do you have a million dollars hiding somewhere?" I can't relate to being Batman because I'm not a millionaire. I can maybe relate to being Robin, but that's about it. Batman's cool, he, without a doubt. But you know, here's, here's my. He would not be my, able to do this. Exactly. Here's my big thing with Superman. People just stop trying. You know, I mean, Superman is an American symbol. You know, we should all well, try and, and strive to be. Yes, he. but he was. And I say that because when Superman Returns came out, they had the line in it where he's, you know, Superman stood for truth, justice, the American way. I could care less. That's a movie. I do he'll he'll like always be an American icon to me. Yeah, oh yeah, I just don't like that they took that out, and that's good. You know that that, that he's going to be. He, that's your 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 uh, view of him. That's awesome. Yeah, but that's where we lose him. You know, we should be striving to be Superman, but no. Instead, we'd rather be brooding dark. and dark and and. Uh. It gets the girls, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He married Lois. He fooled her for years. He, he, he fooled her for years. Uh, do you think she knew? Glasses. Sunglasses. Do you think she knew? I have no idea. If not, she kept it a good secret. Yeah. Well, same thing with Mary Jane. Like, do you think? I mean, they were living right next door. I mean, at least once, you know, she should have been like, is that? Is that Spider-Man going into Peter Parker's room? Wearing Spider-Man tights. But, you know, there's another thing. Like, Superman is what you, you what somebody should achieve to be. He's exactly. Like, and it's the same thing as Spider-Man in a way. Because Spider-Man, 
and, and Captain America too, they represent the goodness. I mean, Peter Parker, he might whine about his life and, you know, but he's a good hero. He, he, you know, he's, he, he's with the, with the exception of his spider bite, it's, um, which gave him his abilities. It's also his brain. Um, and I think more people can relate to being poor than to being rich like Batman. Um, but you know, uh, that is interesting. I would like to see a really good Spider-Man Superman team up. That would be pretty cool. Cause see, like everybody wanted to see Batman Spider-Man in the nineties. If you remember with the, yeah, they did it. Did it, yeah. I, I I know they did a Superman, Bat, Superman, Spider Man, but I would like to, I would love to see Jeff Loeb do that because that guy can write. That's what I would like to see. So since we're talking about Batman, so apparently this will introduce the first African American Batman, and then our now, Batman, Bruce Wayne. Is that true? Because what about Batwing? Oh, but he didn't play Bat. He wasn't Batman. Right, yeah, I have no idea. I just know this is the African version. And then there's, a, I guess, another version. Why would you have two Batman? But who knows? Batman Incorporated had like 50, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. But I don't like what they're doing with Bruce Wayne. Yeah, so a paramilitary organization called the Magistrate has taken over Gotham City. They somehow discovered... Um, that Bruce Wayne is Batman and they try to assassinate Bruce Wayne. Now they don't know that their attempt was unsuccessful. So now Bruce Wayne has gone underground and now he's fighting the police state instituted by the magistrate. Now where's Robin throughout all this? I'm assuming he's red X because there's red X in the background. Then where's Nightwing? Like I'm wondering, I'm wondering I am curious. I mean, it, you know what? I could even go as far as saying Red X might be Damien. Yeah, and if so, what happened to to Dick and, and, and Tim Drake? Um, you know, well, we know. Where's Batgirl? They um, they weren't invited to the future, apparently. So, I mean, how far in the future does this take place? Or is it just like take place now, which now being the future? Like every second's the future, really. So like. Now is the future. Now, now is the future. I have no idea, I but I just—I don't like what they're doing. Yeah, so yeah. He was always a vigilante. He was kind of like Spider-Man. Where, I, well, I mean, he worked with the police. He worked with Gordon, but probably not all the cops liked Batman. You know, but I don't know. I don't like. I don't like what they're doing personally. So I won't buy it. But um. That's just me. Yeah, but I mean, now's the time. I mean, with COVID you know and hurting all the comic book stores, you know, now's the time to actually do put something. something out that people want to buy, like like the last Ronin. Yeah, that's so know? that's the uh, a quality idea. You want to make money. You want to help the stores make money. In turn, who makes you money? Put out some quality work, um, because it, it, you know. You putting out the quality book, they sell it, it helps them, and in, in turn, they help you, um, which helps the artists. It, it's all, it, it's like a big cycle, you know? Um, I mean, I could be old, 
you know, I, I hope I'm wrong. You know, I hope this is a positive for comic book stores, but I just, I mean, I, I just, I mean, look at the new 52, you know, that was a big disappointment. We're, you know, maybe we're just grumpy old men, but you know, but it could be successful. It might not be. I mean, that's, that's, but you know, that's what anything runs the risk of book, movie, comic, you know, like Star Wars wasn't sure. They didn't think they were going to be successful and look what happened. And not saying this will, not saying this won't, you know, it's just, uh, maybe it'll just like break even for all we know. But, uh, you know, what's more time will tell. Wax work records. They got the pre-order now for universal monsters, classics, the Bride of Frankenstein, the spin spinacher is four inches. This will be out for Christmas at $24. Uh, once again, it looks great. It looks like Elsa Lang. Um, also the figure, uh, the, the, the bust looks great. It looks like Elsa Lancaster who played, um, the bride, believe it or not. She was also in Mary Poppins, but she was an old woman at that point. Uh, Bride of Frankenstein, some people consider to be the best Frankenstein movie of all. So this is a really nice piece. Um, it's going to be a great addition to your Frankenstein one. Uh, so be sure to grab it. And with Funko, I haven't really been following the soda cans they've been doing, but the Funko Pop Soda, Roger Rabbit. Um, there will be two versions of this, the regular store version and the variant, which is the same Roger just covered in kisses from his wife. As you know, I'm a Gremlins guy. So I don't know if you saw this, but NECA has the Gremlins ultimate figure of Greta, the female gremlin um, from Gremlins 2. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but she is seven inches, interchangeable hands, a pink feather boa, and she comes with a potion container. This will be available January 2021. And one of my favorite things to talk, to talk about, reaction figures. Um, Super 7 is coming out with a ton of great stuff. They're coming out with a Monster Glow Alfred Hitchcock um, in January 27th. The robot Maria from Metamorph Metropolis, excuse me, with the Monster Glow, uh, January 27th. The Munsters, which I think is a, I'm surprised it took this long. Uh, for, so far, they're going to have Grandpa, Herman, and Lily, um, March 31st. Nosferatu uh, with Monster Glow, January 27th. Toxic Avenger, Toxie with the Monster Glow, January 27th. Um, these are all $18, by the way. And <laughs> Weird Science, Chet the Toad, the New York City Comic Con, be out the uh, 30th of December of this year. And what I find really cool is Wave 3 of the Reaction Ninja Turtles. Uh, they are coming out on February 24th, 2021. Our boy Casey Jones, you got a damaged foot soldier, Samurai Leo, and Sewer Surfing Michelangelo. Um, so these are pretty cool. Um, I really love reaction figures, as you can tell. Um, so McFarlane Con was this weekend, and they had some pretty interesting announcements. They received the rights to do Princess Bride action figures. Yes, and the first thing I thought of. Um, inconceivable. No, uh, um, I guarantee the five figures first wave. Um, Dread Pirate Roberts 
Wesley with two heads with mask without buttercup. And then they'll have um, Vincini, uh, Fezzik, and um, Inigo Montoya. If they go to make a second wave, I think well, they're going to... Let me ask you this. Do you think, just to bring in the people, would there be two Wesleys? Like Wesley the farm boy and then Dread Pirate Roberts? I think you have to do Dread Pirate Roberts, without a doubt. Wesley the farm boy can be like a second wave kind of thing. Um, but Dread Pirate Roberts is in it through most of the movie. So well, let me get, ask you this. This is a this is a twisted idea, but do you think Andre the Giant would be a builder figure? Uh no, but uh interesting concept, but no, I they don't they can make him huge. Could and, and and technically he should be big. Um wave, the peanut? Yeah. <laughs> Stop rhyming. <laughs> um are the rocks ahead. If they are, we'll all be dead. Um, if if they do a wave two, I think it's going to be Humperdinck, the Prince, Count Rugen, the Six Fingered Man, Miracle Max and his wife, maybe an R.O.U.S., which was the rodents of unusual size. So, um, yeah, but something like that, you have to mix it up, though. I mean, that's for hardcore fans. So that's why I think like just maybe I would like spot. to see. Yeah, I would like to see Six Fingered Man. Thank you. Being wave one. Yeah, yeah, and maybe leave one of the other three out. Yeah, like, Buttercup have to be, you know. And another thing, could we get Buttercup in her wedding dress and then dress? Yeah, and then right, exactly. Can we get a little something like a, some kind of a little thing of uh, the grandfather reading the the book to the grandson? You know, it was, oh, uh, that'd be an awesome diorama. Yeah, yeah. that's it's, a good point. Yeah. Throwing it out there. But, um, and then McFarlane also announced he's got the license rights to Nickelodeon's Avatar, The Last Airbender, and The Legend of Korra. So that's interesting. I mean, it's always, it's always kind of cool to get McFarlane's take on something. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the Princess Bride figures. Um, I think it's going to be his big announcement, which I was excited for. Because of the success of his first Kickstarter, Medieval Spawn is going to be his second Kickstarter. This is a perfect idea. I was even looking forward. I mean, either Medieval Spawn or if he did Overkill. Mm-hmm. Those two I would have been... Well, I'm head over heels over Medieval Spawn. And he can have so many versions of it like he did in the first Kickstarter. Like he could do the original based on his vintage figure. I mean, I guess we can call it vintage now. Mm. Uh, He could do like an updated version, like all his statues with like the messed up head and, you know, the chain mail and stuff. I mean, I can't wait to see what the shield's going to look like. I mean that's that's gonna be a and in McFarlane's hands that's that's gonna be an incredible figure. His first Kickstarter made over a million. Wow. I could see this. I could see this going over that. Million, jeez. So he's also announced bloody variants from his Mortal Kombat Eleven line. There's going to be a bloody variant spawn, which is kind of weird looking. I mean it's. Basically, a flesh-toned spawn with blood on it. 
And then there's also blood variants for the regular Mortal Kombat figures for Baraka, Raiden, and a Sub-Zero bloody variant. And then there will also be a Scorpion and Raiden 2-pack. I believe that's going to be an exclusive. And then a Primaris Space Marine Hellblaster from his Warhammer 3000 line. And this is going to be a Target exclusive, he also announced. Flashpoint Batman, Thomas Wayne. Now, I I think we saw him at Toy Fair. It wasn't that big of a surprise to me, but it is a cool-looking figure. I mean, all this stuff's cool-looking. He released a video showing the Bane action figure and how huge. Oh, I saw a picture of that. Yeah, I think it's gigantic. Yeah, it's going to be the biggest McFarlane figure ever, he said. I guess they're going for more of the... Uh, oh, overbound muscle comic version. Yeah, it's based on the uh last night oh, okay. okay book series. Yeah. But so that's it for McFarlane Con. They could build something that big. They can do Fessick then. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He's a builder figure. But I mean <laughs> I mean I mean do you think that's disrespectful to Andre if he's a builder figure? He's a big dude. You know I they they on the set they gave him a little uh golf cart to drive around on um and, and the dude he would go drinking during uh you know at night and he he could drink and uh, i read um I'm sure carrie boy's uh biography on the making of that movie and just he could pound it away and didn't really affect him um but you know he was happy to work in that movie because he he felt like just another person, part of the crew that nobody was staring at him. You know, he was just like, he really enjoyed his work and he was great in it. Um, I can't picture when I read that book, I can't picture anybody else, but him. And if they ever made an animated movie, like I, I can't picture another voice other than his. So it's, you know, he was great in that. So thank you to Brian Salvatore for our intro and outro music. Thank you to Shared Universe Podcast Studio, and a big thank you to Spectre Creative. Join the conversation with us at toyspodcast at gmail.com and listen to us on all your favorite podcast platforms, Podbeam, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please subscribe or give us a rating. Uh, We really would hope you do both. You can log on to ToyLines, toy-lines.com for all the latest toy reviews. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at ToyLines. And you can find us on Facebook, at ToyLines, or Toy Shelf Magazine. It's a big episode. We went over an hour and 30, so hopefully you have some time to play with your toys. Uh, Until next week, I'm Ian Westhoff. I'm Tom Romero. Take care. Did you watch the X-Men cartoon as a kid? Did you buy Spider-Man number one the day it came out? Did you collect superhero trading cards and action figures? Then have we got the podcast for you. That's right, it's... 
Wizards, the podcast guide to comics, the exciting show where Adam, that's me, and Michael, that's me, will take you through the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine, one issue at a time. We have so much fun reliving that crazy time of chromium covers and speculative comic book buying. Plus, we get to see where this whole hubbub about superhero movies really began. So, we invite you to join us every other week on the Retro Network podcast feed. We can't wait to go back in time and uh, flip through those comic books you used to read. So, we'll see you then. And until next time, keep your books bagged and boarded. Hi, I'm Marvelous Joe. And I'm his twin brother, Johnny DC. And together, we host the Dynamic Duel Podcast, a weekly show where we debate who has the superior characters between Marvel and DC, which we help prove through stat-based simulations of battles between your favorite Marvel and DC characters. We also review the latest Marvel and DC films to hit theaters. We'd love to have you come listen as we have a blast every Tuesday. Check out Dynamic Duel at dynamicduel.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.